Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> Heavenly Father, please um, bless me, uh, especially weak as I uh, feel right now. I pray that you would anoint my words to be true and edifying to your beloved people, that you would guide us into the riches of true spiritual knowledge and obedience to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't mean to be cryptic, I just seem to have a lingering cold uh, that is wearing me out. Um, so since the days of our first parents, Adam and Eve, we uh, have been getting it wrong when it comes to our, how we prioritize knowledge against love. That love in the Garden of Eden would have obeyed God. Jesus makes that very clear. This is how you know that you love me if you keep my commands. But instead of following the way of love, what was it that Adam and Eve disobeyed God to reach for? Knowledge. Right? The knowledge of good and evil was the one tree that God commanded them not to eat from. They prioritized knowledge over love. This um, mistaken set of priorities was idolatrously elevated into a virtue in the Enlightenment. Think of Thomas Jefferson famously saying, I was bold in the pursuit of knowledge, never fearing to follow the truth and reason to whatever results they led, even when those results would be denying Almighty God. Today, um, Wikipedia gets 250 million visits a day. And if you printed out all of Wikipedia, it would be 3,400 large volumes. What else, really, other than when we call and text each other, what else is this device other than a portal to try and get knowledge? Many commentators have pointed out it is not accidental that it's an apple with a bite out of it, right? That's on the back of these things. To bring it home, um, when was the last time you took fleshly pride in a specialty knowledge that you have? When was the last time you interjected in a conversation with, well, actually, it's embarrassing that you are close enough to me, you know that I don't have to think very far back in memory to myself. Be aware of when I've spoken like this. But this is the fruit of a knowledge that puffs up rather than a love that builds up. So I want to um, briefly consider the three different avenues in which we, uh, in which love and not, three different arenas in which love and knowledge compete, which we by instinct get prioritized wrong, and so seek to correct that in obedience to God's command in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. So if, I want to talk about the things of this world, uh, people, and then uh, God himself. So when it comes to the things of this world, the objects of our attention, if we prize knowledge over love, we will always be selfishly considering how this thing can be used by us, manipulated to our advantage as an instrument. And if we seek a not just a simple knowledge of things, such worldly knowledge over time will actually eclipse our 
knowledge of spiritual things, that we are finite beings. If you filled the aperture with enough things of this world, just a simple worldly knowledge, there's not much time or room left for knowledge of the things of God. But if we prize love over knowledge, God will empower us to value the things that he's made for their own sake, not just for how we can use them. And far more importantly, we'll be able to connect a knowledge of created things back to the one who created them. All things, no matter how mundane, all things that we handle, that we consider, that our jobs and our vocations cause us to attend to, can be objects of contemplation that if we see into them with love, will take us back to the God who made them. And we'll give glory to God. We will be built up by that kind of knowledge because it will be led by love rather than the other way around. In a similar way, in our relationships with each other, with other people, if we prioritize knowledge over love, again, we'll be seeking to instrumentalize others as means to our ends, rather than receiving the real gift, especially of Christian community, and the way in which God could uniquely use others to actually affect us and be our lives and our path and our convictions be augmented through others making an impression on us. Love is that sort of gentle receptivity to each other rather than just seeking to know and kind of put everyone in their mental place. It's among the reasons I have a pet peeve uh, antagonism to all personality test things, as some of you know, whether it's Enneagram or any of those ones. It's like, because it's just a way to try and put everyone in their box. Love over knowledge. The third area, the area of our knowledge about God, even knowledge about the things of God, and this is perhaps the most dangerous snare and an occupational hazard among the clergy. But for all Christians, and I know most of you are deeply interested in theology, and that's a good thing. But if we prioritize knowledge over love, it can be even the knowledge of God can be a knowledge that puffs up. And what a poetic and profound image of contrast, right? Something puffed up looks large, but it's all air. But something built up slowly may get to be substantial, but it will be solid. As Christians, we must prioritize loving God even over the knowledge of the things of God. The reverse is actually the mistake of the scribes and the Pharisees that Jesus is always correcting, prizing knowledge over love. Moreover, it's sort of pitifully tragic because knowledge by itself can't reach very far into the things of God. Even if you read a lot of systematic theology textbooks, you might be able to describe in some secondary way some of the things about God, but you're not really apprehending him the way any Christian can, regardless of IQ or education or however many theology books you have or haven't read. Love reaches far further into the very being of God and is able to understand him. The knowledge. The great 14th century mystic author of um, The Cloud of Unknowing summed it up. It is love alone that can reach God in this life, not knowing. Not knowing. Love is what apprehends God far more profoundly. Love of God actually builds us up. We actually are able to receive his love in that sort of reciprocal relationship of love and be strengthened in him in a way that knowledge does the opposite, would just puff us up. 
with a pseudo-Christianity. Love of God, I'm convinced, is the catalyst that allows the continual sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Love of God will remain into eternity. Faith will become sight. Faith will one day end, because we'll have sight. Hope will be realized. We won't have that forever. But love goes on forever. Love of God in that reciprocal relationship actually opens us up to receive God's love for us. And that's where the Holy Spirit reasons through St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 8. He says, if we love God, we will be known by Him. That we all, and there's a sort of poetic tight contrast here, but like, every Christian knows that God loves us. We have that as knowledge. But only when we actually engage in loving God from our heart, by faith, when we love God ourselves, we actually get to participate in and experience beyond head knowledge that He loves us back. In fact, He loved us first. In fact, His love is the very reason we are here and know about Him. Love is what opens us up to that true spiritual knowledge. Actually, the kind of knowledge which is like the knowledge of God Himself when it says that to be known by God is a great thing. For him, these things are not in competition, right? He is perfect order in himself. He's not like us in that way. When God regards us, because he is himself love and love leads his knowledge, he knows us thoroughly through and through, but but in love, we are fully accepted in him because of the mercies of Jesus Christ. He knows everything about you and me, everything we've ever done, benign, wicked, good, the whole, every place we've been, every thought we've had, we are fully known by him and fully loved. And that's sort of love and knowledge operating in perfect harmony in himself, which we're called to imitate by prioritizing love. Love that forgives wrongs, doesn't keep a record. We are known by him and we are loved by him. Downstream from that, we seek to love and in love acquire a rightly ordered knowledge. There's a wonderful prayer with which I want to conclude. Can I borrow the prayer book, Esther? If you you might never have seen this section in the Book of Common Prayer, so I I invite you to grab a prayer book and just so you can see it. Page 672. This is a section of prayers for um, the inner life of of us as Christians. It can be used at any time. Um, And this number 89 uh, by the Anglican Archbishop of Canterbury, St. Anselm. And uh, with this I I want to close because it really grabs the truth of 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 and puts it in a prayer. Teach me to seek you And as I seek you, show yourself to me. For I cannot seek you unless you show me how, and I will never find you unless you show yourself to me. Let me seek you by desiring you, and desire you by seeking you. Let me find you by loving you, and love you in finding you. Amen.